Hi, this is the Glencairn Podglass, celebrating 20 years of the Glencairn Glass, the world's favourite whisky glass. Hi, my name's Gordon Brown and today on the Glencairn 2020 Podglass, I'm talking to the master blender at White Mackay and the man also known in the industry as the nose, Mr Richard Patterson. Hello Richard. Hi there, how are you doing? All right. Just for the listeners, Richard, can you give us a bit of background on how you started in the whiskey industry? Uh, well, I, I started in the whiskey industry when I was uh, eight years old. And, you know, people have talked about that on a number of occasions, but it's actually true. It's when my father, who owned a company called W.R. Patterson Limited from my great-grandfather, uh, which was a, a blending and bottling uh, warehouse in Stockwell Lane in Glasgow. And when I was eight with my twin brother and I, uh, we were introduced to W.R. Patterson Limited's products. And he took us up from Helensburgh because we were living in Helensburgh at the time. And uh, we were taken to uh, his bond. And it's a day I would never forget because, in fact, uh, he took a big bunch of keys. He unlocked these huge doors and swung them open. And we walked into his world for the first time. But what got me was the smell of whiskey and madarized wine. The place was damp. It was horrible. But as we moved further into the warehouse, the city Glasgow traffic suddenly slowed down and everything was a deadly silence. And, you know, I could see the silhouettes of the casks and I wondered what the heck's going on here with all these smells and everything else. And then my, we started fooling around, which uh, annoyed my father intensely, uh, so much so that uh, he took a Valinch and removed the bung of the cask and dipped the Valinch in and took a big uh, level of uh, whiskey, poured it into a glass and said, OK, Richard, why do you, if you think it's so funny, tell me something about the whiskey. And of course, I picked it up in a stupid way and I said, Dad, I don't know what you're really talking about. And that annoyed me and annoyed him. And uh, he suddenly whacked me in the back of the head and said, OK, you obviously don't know what you're talking about, but look at the whiskey. What I'm trying to find out is this is heavy in spirit, in body and character like your grandfather. Is it light like your mother? Or is it as sweet as your chocolate bar? Or is it as dry as the dust on the floor? And I thought, all oh, right, light, heavy. And when I smelt it, I could see the whiskey was aged and it was very heavy in body and character. But that was the beginning of what whiskey was all about. But at that time, that was a proper nosing glass. That was, you know, the, the, the beginning of the Copa Capita nosing glass that would become part of my life very much later on. And that's how I started from my grandfather. And I joined uh, A. Gillison Company in 1966, and then in 1970, uh, of course, Gillis and Company had, uh, of course, the, the famous Glen Scotia Distillery and many other wonderful brands associated with it. And then, of course, I joined White Mackay in 1970. And this year, I will celebrate 50 years with White Mackay. So whiskey does run in my blood, but it certainly runs in my family. That, that's 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 some story, and 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 then along the way, Raymond Davidson, who obviously came up with the Glencairn glass. How did how did you meet Raymond? Did you know him before he came to you with the prototype for the glass? Did you know him well back then? Well, he he was in his infancy. He was sort of starting off with different decanters, different glasses, and he was a sort of young entrepreneur that was looking at something that perhaps the whiskey industry didn't have. They didn't have, they just had the standard decanters, they were general glasses, 
but he kept looking to see if there was something that was innovative, something that was different. And that's why I immediately warmed to that man because he said, what do you think of the glasses? And I already had started studying wines and very much into my whiskies. And I knew all about the Capita nosing glass in my job as blender. So when he actually approached me, I said, uh, you know, he said to me, what do you think? I said, well, a great idea, because the main glass during these early years for drinking wine or even for the public, and I'm talking about Joe Public here, was the famous Paris goblet glass, the famous big bulbous glass that held the wine. But when you poured whiskey into it and swirled it around, where would it remain? It wouldn't remain in the glass. It would be all over you, sprung all over the place because it was such a stupid glass for really examining and looking at, uh, you know, wine or whiskey. So when Raymond came up with this bulbous-shaped glass, which you held and then immediately wanted literally not to immediately drink, but immediately smelling it first, I knew that there was something in this. Okay, he showed me the, the, the basics of the glass, but then we managed to talk to other, like John Ramsey, and we both came up and said, no, it has to be a little bit heavier, deeper. But the general concept, the way it was designed, hadn't changed all that much. It was a, just a matter of refining it, but the basics were there. And that's why today when you go into a, a bar and you get given this glass and you immediately want to hold it, not throw it back, nurture it, but you immediately are tempted to go and nose it before you actually drink it. Because it's not the it's not the easiest glasses to drink from, but what it does do, it induces you to smell it for the first time. And nosing is what it's all about. By looking and nosing at the whiskey will tell you 96% of what you need to know. Only when you're not sure will you drink it. Well, this is what it's about savoring it to begin with and then relishing that smell and then inviting that taste to your palate at the end of the day. And therefore, why do you think it's been so successful? I mean, they're now selling over three million a year. What's made the glass so successful compared to other glasses? Because he, he approached the whiskey industry at the right time. Now, you take 1997. What does 1997 to tell people around the world. It doesn't mean anything to them. But to me, that's when it started. 1997 is when the Frankfurt Whiskey Festival started. 1998 is when New York opened November for the Whiskey Fest uh, Festival. And from that beginnings, 1997, 1998, 1999, and especially in 2000, 2001, 2002, is when the Whiskey Festival started to burst around the world and people were looking for to uh, enhance uh, the whiskey culture by drinking all these specialist whiskies. And I must say, at the beginning, it was very much blended whiskies and single malts. But as the years went by, people introduced more and more single malts. And by introducing more single malts, they had to have the right glass. And that's when Glencairn, it was waiting as the opening of the door for the Glencairn glass. So people, the festivals, and we're, you know, that's what Raymond did uh, with Paul and Scott and even Andrew later on. Get out for your backside, go in there, go to the whiskey festivals and sell the glass. I mean, he gave away, he was very generous as what Raymond always is. He's very generous with people around the trade. He supports them in that way. But, but by giving the glass, people then said, this must be the right glass to drink my whiskey in. And that's why it was a great success. 
And and what was it about ninety seven? Why why suddenly then after all these years did you get that explosion that that opportunity for people because, to because take... people were all about blended whiskey. When I started in the in the trade in nineteen sixty six, like my father, like nineteen seventy, it was all about blended whiskey. Blended whiskey. What was the age of blended whiskey? Well, I didn't have an age statement. Oh this is a special one, this is 12 years old, or oh, there's the White Mackay, 21. But these were very rare. Single malt, 1963, 64, when Glenfiddich started marketing their single malt for the first time. But it took years before it went into the market. So when the whiskey festival started, single malts really took over. And because of that, if I go to a whiskey festival today and say, well, what have you got, Richard? Well, I've got a 10-year-old Jura. I've got a 12-year-old Dalmore, they'd kill me. I mean, they wouldn't kill me, but what I'm saying to you is <laughs> the, public, the public have said, when we go to these whiskey festivals, we want to see something different. We want to see different malts, but we want to see different ages. And that's why even today, all the single malts that are available have changed with many, many different expressions. And as the expressions have changed, so has the demand for the glass. They said they want to get the right glass. What's the blender using? He's using the Copa Capita glass. Well, it's quite similar in many ways to the Glen Cairn. Okay, the Glen Cairn goes up, whereas a little bit more closed for the blender's glass. But the essence is still the same for assessing the style of the whiskey. And in the years you've known Raymond, yeah, in terms of Don, there must be some memorable stories over all those years, in terms, especially given it involves whiskey and, and, and sometimes drinking the, the, the stuff. <laughs> well, there are, but some are totally and utterly uh, unrepeatable. But, you know, when, 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 when we've actually, you know, been together, we, we, we talk a lot about all the good times and bad times, but Raymond is very good for getting to know people. And I'd like to think that I'm exactly uh, the, the same uh, as Raymond in that front. And I just remember one story that, a trick that he played on me, which really annoyed me, we were going over to Isla for the Isla Festival and uh, this guy came up to me and said, Hi Richard, uh, how are you doing? It's so good to see you and, you know, how's the Jura, how's the Dalmore? And I'm talking away to him and I, and I said, um, and I, you know, have we met before? I said, oh yeah, we've met on many occasions. And I turned to Raymond when he wasn't looking and said, Raymond, I, I can't remember this guy's name. You know, you must tell me. Oh, his name's... Uh, uh, his name's Pedro. I think I think it was Pedro or something. Oh, no, Alfonso. Alfonso. That's what it was. And I said, uh, "Oh, thanks, Raymond. Thanks very much." And I, I said, "Alfonso, it's so good to see you. And you know, how's the family? And how's the whiskey? Oh, I've been doing this. Well, Alfonso, that's really great. And you know, Alfonso, you going to the Isla Festival? Oh, yes. And then he said, he "said Excuse me, Richard, but why do you keep calling me Alfonso? My name is uh, Damien. You know." I went, Oh, I'm very sorry. That, and I turned round and saw Raymond's face absolutely cringing with lots of laughter. And, you know, but that was typical of Raymond setting me up as, as usual. But, you know, there are many stories, but uh, that's one that I, you know, we still laugh about today. Oh, that, that's brilliant. And with the, the glass itself, it, it, it continues to grow and continues to be successful. Is is where do you, do you think do you think there's a limit to that in terms of going forward in terms of usage for, for something like the Glencairn glass? No, that 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 will will continue because 
You know, when you talk about uh, how many million, is it 25 million, 20 or 30 million now? Yeah, it's, it's three million, uh, easily. It's three million a year they're now rolling through. It's, it's way above that number. So it's, it's a phenomenal yeah. number. Well, you, you know, when, when, I, when I go on my uh, visits to various parts of the world, I frequently talk about uh, the Glen Cairn glass. And one that I do remember is that, you know, it stood at 15 to 16 million for you know a wee bit of time, and I used to use that figure, but quite often I phone Paul and Scott and say, you know, what's the figure now? And it has risen dramatically in the last. You know, it's always been successful, but if you're talking about 30, 32 million glasses, that shows how successful it really is. The the sad thing that is often talked about with Paul and Raymond is that when they introduced it, first of all, we I think released two special glasses. And it went out into the world and it said on the glass, if you find this glass, we will fly you from no, no matter which part of the world to Scotland. Uh, we'll show you the factory. We'll take you to some of the distilleries. We'll give you a great time as a thank you for being, I think at that time it was maybe the millionth glass or something. And, you know, to this very day, that Two glasses have never been claimed. You must have known that, Gordon, did you? I did, yeah. We keep saying that one day somebody will come onto the phone <laughs> or the email yeah. and suddenly go, well, yeah. I, actually, I, I'm on an island 50 miles off Fiji <laughs> and I'd like yeah. to claim my prize. They, they, they always said, uh, you bet your bottom dollar it went to some place in China and somebody said, look at this stupid writing on this and flung it in the corner. But yeah. you just never know what one day it, it might might well turn up. Be a great story if it did, a great story if it did. Well, Richard, this has been brilliant. If if there was, if you had to sum up your, your, your encounters with Glencairn over the years, are there a few words you would like to see just before we finish? I, I would always like to think when Glencairn started, I remember Raymond saying to me, you know, how, I said to him, how did it all begin? He said, Richard, it just started in one room. I had all the equipment in one bedroom. And and, and I said, it didn't, I wasn't sure of a success, even getting banking and the money and, the, you know, the finance for it. It all hung in the balance. But what he did have, he had passion, a relentless passion and drive. And that is a, a beacon for anybody. If you want to make a success of everything, get that passion. But not just any passion, 110%, but you must have that drive and that belief. And go, and when the obstacles are there in front of you, go get over them and move and you will make it a success. You know, there's always a possibility, as they say. That's brilliant, Richard. Richard, this has been excellent. Thank you very much for your time. That that, that right. has been brilliant. Okay. Thanks very much, Gordon. You take care. That's great. Thanks a lot. Cheers then. Bye, bye just now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Glencairn Podglass, celebrating 20 years of the Glencairn Glass, the world's favourite whisky glass. 